Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. Today's episode is detaching from toxic situations. Now I did a Google search so I could find a quote on detachment and I came up with two that I liked. One is detachment is not that you should own nothing, but that nothing should own you, Ali Talib. And then the next one is true detachment isn't separation from life, but the absolute freedom within your mind to explore living. Now I've touched on this subject before, way back in episode 13, the most important skill for dealing with toxic people. But I want to reiterate some things and add something new because I get this question a lot. How how do I detach from this situation? The good news is that detachment is a skill that you can learn. The bad news is, is that detachment is a skill that you can learn. What do I mean by that? Well, skills take time to learn. But that's the thing. It's like riding a bicycle in time, unless there's some, there's some motor skill impairment, you will learn how to ride that bike, but it's going to take some time. There will be moments when you let yourself get caught up in the moment. And goodness knows that happens to me, but that's human. When it comes to emotions, our emotions serve us, not control us. We must master the emotions, not the other way around. If something is bothering us, then we feel anger. We feel agitated. If something is exciting us, we feel joy. We feel happiness. If something is burning us, we might feel sadness or anxiety. Whatever it is, the emotions are there to let us know what's going on with us. And that's a good thing. Now, when it comes to detachment, how do you separate yourself from a situation? And with detachment, it's not a physical separation so much as it is an emotional and mental one. As I like to do, I take digestible tips that you can take and then apply them to your life. Now, of course, this is my perspective and there are several different ways to go about it, but this is something that's worked for me. And probably the most powerful technique I learned is number one, to look behind the curtain. Now, what do I mean by that? And now remember that movie, The Wizard of Oz, or you've heard the story. There's this great and powerful Wizard of Oz. However, Once Toto the dog runs up and he pulls the curtain down, we realize that he's not great and powerful in anything. He's just a charlatan and the trick is over. And it's like learning the trick behind a magic trick. Once you learn how this magician makes something disappear, then you can't be fooled anymore. You see the trick. It's like, oh, I know how this works. And once you know how the trick works, it kind of loses its charm, unfortunately. But the same is true of dealing with a toxic person or a toxic situation. For example, you know, I talk about my experience in graduate school and it took me a long time first to figure out that there was anything wrong. It was one of my professors who told me, I don't like that situation you're in, it's toxic. And I began to understand, I'm not just seeing things that this is actually happening. It was one thing to come to a realization that something was even wrong, but then how did I separate from that? I began to see behind the curtain. I began to look at what was really going on. When I looked at this person who was an overly controlling person, all I could think was, 
what kind of individual does this person have to be to want to exert this kind of control over everybody else? I remember a therapist who would tell me years later, did you ever consider that that person probably has a lot of trauma in her life? And I said, no doubt about it. I, I believe it. Because no one acts like that in a vacuum. Something prompted that. I mean, it's not my job to determine what it is. I'm not going to go to that person and say, oh, tell me about your childhood so I can figure out why you're like this. No, I don't really care, quite honestly. But I do care about how I'm being treated. And once you can look behind the curtain and see that these people are actually hurting, that it could come from hurt, it comes from anger, it comes from disappointment, whatever the ideology is, that's where it's coming from. And I stopped being angry with that individual and I almost kind of felt sorry for her. I said, you know, I, I, I hate to have that kind of life that you feel you have to treat someone like this, but there you go. And then I was able to detach because I knew this, this person had no power. This person was powerless. And so they were overcompensating. All right. So, oh, by the way, there, there are four tips. I didn't mention that. Number two is ask yourself, what time is it? And I don't mean what time is it? Oh, it is eight of the clock. No, what I'm saying is what time is it in your life? There was an episode I did. It was episode 40, celebrating life's milestones. Something about that episode resonated with you all because that's probably one of the most popular episodes I have. And I talked about an assignment that I give my students. It's, uh, I said your life in boxes, but it's actually called your life in weeks. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes and you can click on that. And it's going to take you to a page. It's a website called Wait But Why. And there are these boxes. There are 90 boxes arranged in rows. There are nine rows and there are 10 boxes per row. So the 10 boxes per row represent a decade and then nine rows, that's 90 years. Each box represents a year of life. But when you look at that, it's like, wow, that's not a lot of boxes there. I printed it out and I gave it to my students. If you're 18 years old, you, you X out 18 years. So that's a whole row gone. You've lost a row. So that's 10. And then now the second row, if you're 18, you're going to scratch out eight boxes. And it really puts things in perspective. And my, one of my students said, Dr. Williams, this is spooky. I'm like, exactly. Now, I'm not here to, to, to creep you all out, but I just want you to understand that some of the things that you all get involved in, in the grand scheme of things, mean nothing. Like when I have a student complain about a grade, they, they complain about a grade. And when they do the math, it's only maybe a 20th of a point. I tell them, look, you, you need to learn how to, how to calculate your own grades because if you have a 40 and you're complaining about this one grade, that's only maybe like a 10th of a point, it's not going to help you. And so the analogy here is that's a small thing in a grander scheme. Is it really going to serve you to focus on this thing that ultimately doesn't have any weight on your life? So when you're detaching from a situation, look at these boxes. Now I'm 40. So four rows are gone. <laughs> And which means I have five rows left and that's assuming I live to see 90. I mean, anything can happen at any time, but left up to natural causes, I have five rows left. It's not a lot of rows. And so is this thing that I'm dealing with, if, if I'm in the midst of a toxic situation or dealing with a toxic or difficult person in the long run, is this really going to matter to me? So ask yourself, what time is it? Is this something that requires your attention or is it something that you can just say, okay, uh, moving on. All right. Number three, imagine the worst case scenario and what you can do to mitigate the situation when it comes to say a toxic job. If you were to get fired today, this time next week, what would happen? 
Do you have a family, you have dependents and you need that income? What can you do to get that situation under control? Today is January the 8th, 2019. So we are in the midst of a government shutdown. And I was reading an article of a person who had been out of work and he said, I can't afford my rent. So he had to break his lease and move in with some relatives. And the reason why I say, imagine the worst case scenario, because of something I talked about in that episode, biding your time with a toxic boss. It's detaching yourself from the outcome itself, not so much the circumstances. So if I were in this toxic job and I think, okay, if I lost this job, I'm probably going to lose everything. All right. Maybe I might have to lose some things. I understand that if you're a single person with no dependents, that's a lot easier to do than someone who has dependents. There was one time in my life I had hit rock bottom to the point where I applied for food stamps. I didn't qualify, but yeah, that's how far I was willing to go. What can you do to mitigate the circumstances? In essence, that can help you detach from the outcome and detach from your present day circumstances. So this leads right into number four, and that is create your avatar and work backwards. By avatar, I mean your ideal self. In my situation, when I filed a chapter 13, I was in a five-year plan. Now I went online and I looked up how many people filed a chapter 13 the same year I did. And it was 340,807, according to the data. Once my case was discharged, which is a good thing. You want your case to be discharged, not dismissed. Okay. Discharge, dismiss means something didn't go right. Discharge means you're done. So once my case was discharged, I started getting all this stuff in the mail about, Hey, you're out of a 13. How about you get this car loan? How about this? Here's some credit cards. You can go, Oh, America, the beautiful. <laughs> they would say three out of four people do not complete their 13. Their case gets dismissed again. That's a bad thing. In other words, they didn't, they couldn't complete it. So I did the math three out of four, that's 75%. So 75% of 340,000 and something is 255,605. That's how many people couldn't complete their case. So I was in the 25%, 85,201 people who actually completed their case. And the reason why I was able to complete my case is because I created an avatar. I said, look, I'm going to be debt free of this thing. I'm I debt freedom is what I was aspiring for. So imagine the worst case scenario. In this case, the worst case scenario would have been for me to be dismissed and not finish my bankruptcy. Okay. That was the worst case scenario. So how did I mitigate the situation? I had to reduce my expenses. One of the reasons why people cannot complete their 13 besides losing a job is because the budget is tight. I, I've said on several occasions, the government watches your finances like a hawk and you have to be under this strict budget. And it is unforgiving. If you have engine failure or in your car, and you need another car and all this other stuff that can easily disrupt your budget. And you can't complete the thing. I had the budget. I had everything. It's like I had a, I had a budget for car repair. I had a budget for home repair. I had a budget for everything. Once I had the budget, I looked for ways to cut corners once my bankruptcy case was confirmed. And what I did is I saved that money for an emergency fund. Now, of course you have to be careful. You have to talk to your attorney about this. There was a time I had some problems with, with my engine and it was $1,200 because I had the car fund set up, I was able to pay that off. So out of the five years I was in this thing, it was the last three I was able to kind of detach myself from the fact that I, I was burdened by this uh, bankruptcy. The first two years weren't easy, but again, I created my avatar. I said, I'm going to be debt-free after all this. 
I'm going to complete this thing. Once I imagined the worst case scenario, I created my avatar. I was able to create a scenario where eventually I was able to detach. The last three years of my bankruptcy, it's like I wasn't even in it. Sure, I had, to, I still had to take a chunk of my income and give it to the court. I was able to be free. It lost its hold over me. The first two years were, I didn't think I could do it because I was so caught up in them. It's like, oh my goodness, I look, look at how much money I have to give. And when you think about it, the only reason I have to give all that money is because at some point I'd spent it all and I had nothing to show for it, which is kind of how debt works, right? You spend all this money and, you're, and you're, you're in this hole and you have nothing to show for it. But that's my point. Whatever situation you're in, if you, number one, if you're dealing with a, a specific person, you look behind the curtain and you see this individual that's what I call peacocking, this person's probably in pain. This person is probably hurting. I'm not excusing their behavior. But once you see that, it's relatively easy to detach. Okay. Then you ask yourself, what time is it? There are a lot of things in my 20s that I put up with that I would never put up with today. Because it seems like the older I get, that threshold of tolerance gets lower and lower. Because I realize that I don't have a lot of time left when you, when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things. And so I can remove myself. So think about that. Even if you're in your 20s, even if you're relatively young, I, I'm still relatively young from a certain perspective, but think about how much time you have or how much time you don't. All right, number three, imagine the worst case scenario and what you can do to mitigate the situation. Sometimes getting your focus off the, the circumstances and focusing on what you can do to improve those circumstances can help you to detach. And then the fourth one, create your avatar and work backwards. What is it you're trying to accomplish? Because once you become laser focused on your goal, I, my goal was to get out of that bankruptcy. My goal is to lose weight. It's, I wouldn't say impossible, but it's difficult for me to get caught up in that minutia. There are exceptions to the rules. There are some times where even if you try these things, it still may be difficult to detach because like I said, detachment is a skill. And like any skill in the beginning, we're not so great at it. One of the reasons why I have all the health problems I did, because I was not good at dealing with my circumstances. I sucked at it and I'm paying the price, unfortunately, but that's okay because I'm going to work toward my goal. And because I'm laser focused at it, I refuse to let myself get caught up in minutia, although I'm not devoid of emotions. You're not devoid of emotions. You're still a human being. And if I can give you a bonus tip is to forgive yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. One of the reasons why toxic people are the way they are because they don't have compassion for themselves. Therefore, they have no compassion for you. Make sense? The way people treat you is a reflection of how they treat themselves. If they're harsh with you, if they're overly critical with you, how much do you want to bet they're overly critical with themselves? How much do you want to bet? I'm willing to bet a year's worth of my salary. That's the case. If they're trying to control you, if they're overly controlling, how much do you want to bet they feel like their lives are out of control? If they're drama kings and drama queens, how much do you want to bet it's because there's nothing going on in their life or they feel so inadequate that they have to create this drama all around them? You see how that works? That's what I mean by peeling back the curtain. All right. So until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox.com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.